0: all of us were weird and awkward about it with like our parents because because we had to be. And let's double down on this sort of like taboo nature of this thing that we literally can't stop thinking about. We went to a private conservative Christian school and were involved in churches where this thing called sex and this thing called your penis was deemed like inappropriate. And that is a kind of a mind screw.
1: This is The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, Mushroom Queen, AHCC Educator, and Culinary Nutrition Expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Good day, lovers. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the day you are joining us under the red hat, I want to thank you because you are taking an active role in expanding your life. I know this because you are listening to this podcast. We at The Medicine are all about disease prevention for the mind, body, and relationships. And if you listened to um, the last episode, number 33, with sex coach Lex Martinez, then you know very well that we are not shy when it comes to talking about sex, relationships, and love. In our opinion this is not talked about enough so we are breaking down barriers and getting to the root of potential hindrances in relationships things that can lead to disease We know because we have been there ourselves and we want to prevent that if possible for you and your lover or future lover. This episode doesn't need much of an intro, but I do want to throw out the disclaimer that if you have not yet listened to episode 33 with Lex Martinez, I highly recommend it because we make certain references in this episode that you'll understand more and get more out of if you've already listened to that episode. Trust me, boo. Today, you'll hear Chase and I talking a little bit about our own upbringing when it comes to sex and sex education. If you thought uh, there were giant gaps in your own sex education, you're not alone. We also go over our personal major takeaways from the interview with Lex and give some pointers on how we are incorporating them into our own lives and how you can do the same. As always, check the show notes for anything that we mentioned in this episode. All right, one more baby announcement before we get to the meat of the episode today. We at The Medicine Podcast absolutely love creating this safe place for you to receive information and education around all of these juicy disease-preventing topics. We receive so much love from you all on Instagram and in my email inbox, but we're kind of limited on how we can interact with you. So, we created a very special place to interact with all of our listeners. I'm excited to let you know that we can now connect through Patreon. This is basically like a VIP room for anyone who wants to have direct access to us. If you go to patreon.com/themedicine remember there's no E on the end, you'll get to experience things like raw, unfiltered podcast episodes and clips that no one else hears, videos from Chase and I under the red hat, and you can even have input on guests, topics, and future products that we put out. We are super stoked to bring you the Medicine Patreon and connect with you all on another level. Check it out linked in the show notes below. All right, let's get to the conversation with my love, Chase, under the red hat. Good morning, my love.
0: Good morning, everybody. Mimi Corningstone and I had sex and now we're in love. (laughs) If
1: you haven't seen Anchorman, that's what that quote and uh, reference is from. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Y'all, did you love my singing voice?
0: That, if you haven't heard, everybody is a song about sex.
1: <laughs> We're starting off great here. Oh man, yeah, we are going to get into conversations about sex. I know the last episode, number thirty-three, with Lex Martinez was also all about sex, and this is intentional. Um, we want to we want to kind of give an under the red hat. Um, as reflections on that episode, what she shared with us, and um, maybe some of our own experience, upbringing, etc., and how we incorporated into our lives, just to give you all an extra dose of, okay, I have all this information, now what do we do with it? Um, and before we get into what's in your cup, because I want to know what's in your cup, um, sex is... I believe the blood of relationships and for most people, I would say for 99%, there's some people that can um, go without sex and they're fine. Um, Most people are not that way. And so by having these conversations, by opening up the stage and um, the sex closet, as you call it, it, it provides a safe kind of fun place to have some of these Difficult, sometimes awkward conversations that can help with the disease prevention of relationships, which y'all if you don't know That is the mantra of the medicine disease prevention for body mind and relationship
0: This topic is not going away and it shouldn't because it's critically important. It's also everywhere It's also everywhere and it's it's uh, in everything you see and everything you think um, every, every action that you take in your life has some sort of sexual <laughs> meaning towards it. I swear to God. And, uh, that can be done correctly and that can be done, uh, incorrectly, you know, in balance and out of balance. So this isn't going away. It's so important. We talk about disease prevention for the body, mind and relationships. Well, damn, that is sex. And, uh, it's such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a slippery slope, right? Uh, Literally, <laughs> um, we're gonna
1: have a lot of those. Like, just so you know, it's just too good. It's just too good. We we pride ourselves on being intelligent, and we we try to be wise, but we're also very immature teenagers. So totally. you So you're before gonna we get too that.
0: crazy, what my sexy love is in your cup this morning.
1: Mm what is in my cup? This is my second cup of the Reishi King coffee, which um, which has the Reishi spores in it, which are up to 80 times more po- potent. So that's um, that's the coffee that I have every single day. This is my second cup. And what else is in there? We got some Organifi chocolate gold, a little half scoop with some more reishi and turkey tail. Mm. And I also put about a gram of cordyceps in there from real mushrooms. So we got a lot of mushrooms going on mm. in there and it's delicious with a little splash of uh, frothed almond milk. Oh. I just got uh, a new frother you guys. And it basically makes warm whipped cream. It's divine. Like I never, I just wanted this for convenience but this milk frother, but I had no idea that it it would be like coffee to another level. I thought my elixirs were pretty good; they're on a level another level now.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing what you're doing, and it's uh, it's something to to see <laughs> and taste.
1: But um, uh, I wanted to touch quickly on the uh, the real mushrooms, cordyceps. Um, in my first cup, I had their lion's mane which is probably my favorite of their products. And um, the cordyceps is great Uh, also. I have it, I kind of alternate back and forth and uh, I wanted um, some good brain energy and some good body energy. So the lion's mane and the cordyceps are a good duo for that. And we are just obsessed with real mushrooms Um, at this point. We've been using them for a little over a year now. And there's so many mushroom products out there, you guys. It's really hard to know like where do I start? If you just Google mushroom supplement or mushroom powder, you're gonna get a over a million hits. And it's hard to know like where do you even start? What's good? Are there are, are they all the same? And uh, real mushrooms is the best that we've found when it comes to raw mushroom extracts and the reason why we love them. There's a ton, but you know, true to their name, real mushrooms. There's no hidden ingredients. There's no grains or fillers or other little things that, that would, um, kind of allow the, the company to cut some corners and make their bottom line a little bigger. This is literally just organic raw mushroom extracts that, um, are, third party tested multiple times for their efficacy and, um, cleanliness.
0: Yeah. We have vetted all the mushroom products that we can possibly think of just because it's, it's fascinating. As you guys know, I try a million things, um, to consume and try on myself to see how I feel. And, um, we're constantly getting hit up by other Mushroom companies, strictly because that's part of our brand, and they're always wanting us to flex or push their products. And obviously, in uh, the vein of authenticity and and integrity, uh, we literally can't do that unless we've tested it out, put it into our bodies, and feel um, the integrity of what the marketing would suggest uh, in our own lives. And again, Real Mushrooms is absolutely legit. And if you've listened to past episodes, you may know. That last year I took 30 days off from all supplements. That's all capsules except for raw mushroom powder extracts from real mushrooms. And that was, uh, I I believe it was nine different mushrooms at about a half a gram to a gram of each per day for 30 days <laughs>
1: y'all he was mushroom lit mushroom
0: <laughs> lit motherfuckers and well, that was harsh sorry um it was actually uh, pretty transformative i did some some hormone testing with uh, everly well before and after and and saw some really positive changes in my my sex hormones specifically reproductive hormones testosterone for growth hormone um and a lot of that was just kind of coming back to balance through what the earth is giving me. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, uh, through the mushroom and big shout out to these people. They're, they're incredible human beings as well. The Chilton family, it's a family company and, uh, they're, they're out there foraging, uh, in the forest, you know, continuing to deep dive into all, uh, the, the things that you can consider, um, about mushrooms and, and, uh, yeah, really excited. We, uh, I think we'll drop in the show notes or something, but we've, we've got, uh, a discount code mm-hmm. if you guys want to check these guys out
1: yeah it's in my link tree if you follow me on instagram at get mimi fit um or you can also just go to real slash mimi mimi for a hefty discount um and we're gonna get hopefully covid permitting we're gonna get some we're gonna get a visit up to the chilton's to dive into their world and hopefully do some mushroom foraging with them which will be so incredible. Um, just learning firsthand, like in person from these experts. And if you don't know, um, you can go back and listen to episode nine of this podcast where I interview Jeff Chilton. He is the the president and founder. And uh, he is, you guys, he is the OG mushroom grower in the United States. He was one of the people back in the 80s teaching um, about these powerful medicinal mushrooms. I mean, they've been used for thousands and thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine and the like. But bringing it to the U.S. to make it a consumable, well-known supplement powder that wasn't that didn't always exist. And Jeff Chilton, who is the president and founder of this over you know overarching company that owns Real Mushrooms, he is legit. He is the OG, which is another reason why we choose to shout them and use them every single day.
0: Yeah. Check it out, guys. Uh, Grab the coupon code, get a little discounted real mushroom products yourselves and uh, let us know what you think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always here for the reviews and the love. You can always hit me up. Um, love it. All right. You want to jump into, uh, to some sex stuff?
0: Sure. You never asked what was (laughs) in my cup though.
1: Oh, sorry. My love, my king, I'm always thinking about you and what's in your cup. Tell mm-hmm. us.
0: I'll keep it brief. I've mentioned it before, but I can't have my coffee in the morning without my homies at Lost Empire Herbs hooking me up with some black ant powder and some pine pollen that I'm dropping in with my Keon coffee, a little bit of organified chocolate gold, and making some cocoa muddy. <laughs> Black ant powdery pine polleny uh, chase the medicine mud coffee <laughs> mixture, and I don't need to go into the whole host of benefits. I'm actually thinking about getting uh, Logan to do uh, a little a little snippet on the benefits of some of these Lost Empire herbs, these these black ant powders and pine pollens and the like that I that I put into my coffee. So more to come uh, from that standpoint. But uh, that's Logan what's, is the the. He's the founder and the CEO of the company. Okay, and gotcha. uh, the expert in all things bizarre uh, <laughs> herbs that you can drop into your coffee for for vitality specifically. So
1: and you just love them. We don't we don't have a discount code or anything. We just chase just uses them regularly and yeah. loves them and likes to shout brands that we love.
0: Totally. I'll uh, I'll see if I can hook everybody up with a discount. Yeah. Um Should this Should this happen? But yep. Sounds so it's good. in my cup.
1: He has. You have. I'll speak to you. You have. Un, an ability unlike any other human that I've ever met to create these mixtures and drink it no matter what it tastes like.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So I just, I want to, I want to recognize that in you, that if it's good for you and you know that it's doing good things in your body, you guys, it's incredible.
0: I know how to dress it up and make it pretty tasty.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and Organifi products always help with that. No doubt. <laughs> discount code Mimi. All right. Now you're ready to dro- drop into some, uh, some ste- sex stuff. Let's do it. All right. So if you guys haven't listened to episode 33 yet, um, it was the very episode right before this. Um, I would highly recommend going back and listening to it because While we're talking about sex, and you'll probably understand what we're talking about, we're going to make specific references to that episode and what Lex Martinez was talking about um, in that interview. So it's going to make more sense. You're going to get more out of it if you have already listened to that episode and you won't regret it. Excuse me. You won't regret it. I can already tell this is going to be one of our most downloaded episodes because this, this topic is not talked about enough like chase mentioned sex is everywhere it's in carl's jr commercials it's in iconic movies it's in songs that we listen to words and terms that i've still to this day at 30 years old i don't even know what they mean it's everywhere yet there's not a lot of healthy dialogue places Um, I feel like especially for people in relationship and say in marriage or long term relationship um, to learn how to have these really beneficial and useful conversations um, that we can all learn from. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. And and how about this? It's where you came from. Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't we talking about it?
1: Right. Why is it like taboo?
0: Yeah. And and I'm not. You know, I don't want to speak for everybody's upbringing and where they come from. Maybe you had a really healthy relationship with the idea, the concept, uh, the specifics of sex from a young age. But uh, growing up middle to upper class America in a relatively conservative Christian, Catholic um, environment, it was not talked about. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was like, hey, that's for peeing and pooping only. (laughs) Until you're old enough, we'll tell you the other things.
1: (laughs) I have a very vivid image when I was 10 years old, which is a very like, I feel like natural age to wonder where do babies even come from? Right. So I asked my dad, um, I was sitting at the countertop. I have, I I can just like replay it like it was yesterday. Just having this like curious wonder, like where do they even come from? Do they come off the belly button? Like, is that what the belly button's for? Um, and (laughs) so I asked my dad, where do babies come from? And he Kind of chuckled, I remember. And so I knew like something was up. Kind of chuckled and then was like, we'll tell you when you're older. Right. And I guess older never came (laughs) because I never got that talk. And from my mom, I love her to death. She's one of my best friends and she's like salt of the earth. Best, one of the best people I know. But the, the conversation and the talk that I got from her was... She was washing my hair one time after she had highlighted it. And she just said, you know, Megan, it only takes one time. I was 14 at the time. And I think she was trying to like warn me that, you know, if you have sex, it only takes one time to get pregnant.
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just a one for one.
1: And it was like, okay, I don't, I, I have no idea why that came into her head. But I was just like, it was so awkward and I was just like, okay, I know. And by that time I did know. I knew a little bit about sex, very sheltered still, very sheltered. But I knew what sex was and how it worked and everything. And so I just, I didn't want to go any further in that conversation because I could tell she was probably more uncomfortable than I was. Mm -hmm. So I just said, okay. So that was my extent. That was my sex education. Yeah. What about you?
0: Um i started asking questions really early and and there's a host of different reasons why some combination between you know seeing naked barbies from my older sister um (laughs) from my dad who just made kind of like dirty sex jokes all the time they weren't like graphic or anything but they were just kind of like funny and i and you could tell something i I always knew there was something behind it um And you know what? Like little boys get horny really quickly and you don't really know why or understand Mm -hmm. why. And so if you're, you know, if you have a relationship of any kind that's open with your parents or your cousins or your family, you start sort of inquiring. And I did that across, you know, my parents right away. Initially, um, I was basically similarly How do where do babies come from? What is sex? Like, or do people just get naked and make out? And then like a baby just kind of appears. How does this work? <laughs> and I got a, I got kind of a BS answer from my parents. Cause it was probably kindergarten or first grade where, where they were like, it's when two people love each other and they unite and like something just where I was like, okay, there's more here. I'm not going to be able to get this from my parents. Um, so I think I went to, you know, some older cousins who were in their twenties and I'm in first or second grade to kind of get the, the X's and O's of the whole thing. Um, and then I was just a really early developing uh, child. Like we've joked on the podcast before, but like I had a beard in fifth grade and <laughs> and which also meant like this guy was getting boners very soon and very aware of what was going on. So my sex drive was like literally through the roof in uh, by middle school and so were my buddies. So we just constantly thought about sex talked about sex um even though none of us were having it yeah and all of us were weird and awkward about it with like our parents because because we had to be and let's double down on this sort of like taboo nature of this thing that we literally can't stop thinking about we went to a private conservative christian school and were involved in churches where this thing called sex and this thing called your penis was deemed like inappropriate. Yeah. And that is a kind of a mind screw. Mm -hmm. And so that neuro pathway, that default mode network of a relationship with your body, your genitals, uh, the idea of sex is weirdly routed from a young age towards taboo. Yeah. Um, and you don't care when you're a kid because you're like, whatever, I, I don't really have like a, moral compass. So we're going to make sex jokes. We're going to, you know, look at, you know, we're going to search boobs in Google images and see what comes up. And
1: you're not uh, thinking about the long term, like, Hey, when I'm 30, this is going to develop into suppressed communication with my partner. You're just thinking like mom and dad are weird. I'm going to go figure it out for my friends. Yeah.
0: So, so at a Christian school, the sex ed piece was completely removed. In fact,
1: yeah, there was none.
0: And What we had was in eighth grade, we had, uh, it was called something like, God, it was something so ridiculous where we had a, we had like a someone in their thirties or early, late twenties come in from a church and speak about sex. And it was called like pulse or like (laughs) pure or something weird like that. And we, we had like a after hours, uh, school class about sex and it had nothing to do with Um, the biology of it or the science of it, it was all to do with kind of the church approach to it, you know, life and love, how to make a baby and how, you know, only when you're married type of thing. Um, and then get this at the end of it, you had the opportunity to sign a card that you could put in your wallet or your purse. And it was called a V card and it was a commitment in signature to God, uh, that you would remain a virgin until you were married in seventh or eighth grade. I'm looking around at my buddies and I'm like, I'm about to pop off here. There's no effing way I'm signing this card. There's no way. And uh, I was one of the few who didn't sign this card. Part of it was because I was just a little brat like back then. Kind of rebel. Kind of rebel anyway. I didn't have this like spiritual, you know, disagreement, commitment towards um, what was being taught. It was mostly just kind of being douchey. But all of that being said, The groomed run within my brain and my relationship with sex from a young age, although, you know, it could have been way worse because I probably could have been having very irresponsible um, sort of like childlike sexual experiences. Um, I wasn't. Um, All that being said, like I had just developed a really kind of weird relationship with what sex was and it it came down to the fact that it was taboo.
1: This episode of The Medicine Podcast is brought to you by... Real mushrooms. Okay, so you're listening to a podcast with a giant golden mushroom on the cover art. You've heard me shout from the rooftops about the amazing healing dynamic intelligence of mushrooms. And you're curious. You want to start incorporating some mushrooms into your daily routine. This is great. But I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. We're going to start with the bad news. If you go to Google and search mushroom powder, there are about 122 million hits from that search. I know because I did this. And the majority of those supplements are not actually mushrooms. Wait, what? How is that possible? Well, it comes down to anatomy. What you're actually getting is the mycelium, which is the root system of the mushroom that's grown on grains like rice or oats. Then these grains become inseparable from the mycelium and end up in the final product that you think is pure mushrooms. It'd be like if you went to the farmer's market and wanted to buy a pear. Then the farmer hands you the roots of a pear tree with all the dirt attached to it. That's not a pear and this is not a mushroom. Sometimes the company itself doesn't even really know what they're selling because they're likely buying from a third party supplier who is buying from the actual source. It's like a really bad game of telephone. All right, here's the good news. There are ways to know for sure if your mushroom products are legit mushrooms or if they are some mystery combination of very expensive grains. Later on in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you five ways to tell if your mushrooms are legit. So stay tuned, my loves. Yeah. They, when you feel like you don't have anyone to ask like real questions or get real answers, it it just skews things. And I mean, I put up a post um, talking about this topic and, and the episode number 33 um, when it dropped last week. And the comments that I got from grown women were astounding. I'm going to read a couple of them because this is not just you and me. Like we've gotten a flood of comments and reviews coming in from this episode. People being like, OMG, me too.
0: Yeah. And And I want to actually jump in and say one more thing before it slips my mind, because this is just to speak to any guys who are listening out there and, and, um, really from a male's perspective, it is gosh, you're so, you're so revved up really in your youth and outside of sex, like there's masturbation too. And there's like self pleasure, which if you guys listen to the episode can be a really positive practice and also similarly can be taught in a healthy way um, as, as, as a way to like foster this relationship with sex. And (laughs) it is an absolute epidemic in men. Mm -hmm. um, This, self-pleasure practice i see it with friends i saw it growing up but this sort of addiction to the pleasure the unbalanced pleasure practice of looking at pornography and masturbating and that really comes down to um just a lack of i think education understanding conversation around sex in totality but also like self-pleasure practices Mm -hmm. so um that's just that's like another thing i want to put out there for like the for the guys listening as well
1: yeah. I think that's really important because, um, it's so common. Like you ask anyone. And I think that a lot of people's attitude towards pornography, I'm not judging it, but if couples want to use it together, do you like, if that works for you, do it, whatever. But, a, a single or, or in relationship man on his own, like using it. It's doing no good for the for the man and for the relationship, and um, I mean you've talked to people in their early twenties having issues because of this year after year after year after year. You form this pathway in your brain that this is the way to receive pleasure, so that when the man is actually with a woman, now. It's different and, and he hasn't wired his brain that like it, it, he could almost like get bored with this beautiful naked living woman in front of him right? because he's primed his brain to receive pleasure in one way. Yeah. And, and that I think can cause a lot of problems in, in the relationship. And then the woman doesn't know why she comes away feeling unloved um she comes away feeling not desired unsexy and Mm -hmm. that creates a whole host of problems in the woman's brain so that i mean it's a domino effect so that now when whether she knows he has a porn problem or not she comes and the next time uh, she is thinking about sex or wanting sex. She almost feels like this suppression, like, no, it's not worth it or whatever. So she suppresses those sexual feelings. Yeah. And you do that over years and years. No good is going to come from it.
0: Dopamine and pleasure. We, we talk about it often in this podcast, especially in kind of the food space, right? With sugar and, and things of, of dopamine and pleasure related responses. They aren't bad. And However, if you chase the pleasure alone, it's going to lead to kind of um, destructive behavioral patterns where dopamine and pleasure play the, their intended role is in complement to the, the eventual satisfaction, the eventual serotonin release of kind of the project or the pursuit as a whole. Mm -hmm. And let me like explain that a little bit when you for instance go say say you're going on a long run and you choose to you know your goal is to run five miles you kind of run through initially some adrenaline get you going you know a couple miles in and then you start to hit like fatigue mm-hmm. and you kind of want to give up but you know that there's this beautiful like satisfying, fulfilling achievement at post five miles of this run well what if you hit an ocean view road that has wind blowing into your face and you know it smells of of the earth and all of a sudden your brain floods with dopamine mile three or four that boosts you it gives you this feedback that you're doing something good that pushes you through to the last two or three miles. Mm-hmm. And ultimately you've hit that fulfilling, satiating, completed pursuit. That is the intention of dopamine. Not unlike you know the hunter-gatherer who who is searching for the, the hunt, the, the fulfilling uh, meal that will feed themselves and their family, that will get them through days and weeks, etc. And they find on this hunt a patch of berries that's loaded with sugar while they're the most fatigued, but they still haven't grabbed this, this mm-hmm. meal yet. And they put those berries into their mouths. They're flooded with dopamine. that gives them that sugar rush, that pleasure, that energy drive for the, for the pursuit. Pleasure is not bad. There's an intention for dopamine and pleasure in the pursuit of something beautiful, long lasting. However, if you seek the pleasure immediately, skipping the steps of both pursuing Uh, to begin with but also having that long-term vision of this is going to be a completed life cycle a completed project of something more beautiful than the pleasure uh, in isolation so if you immediately chase the pleasure through looking at porn if you immediately chase the pleasure through even just quickly jerking off like quickly very sort of rapidly getting off and focusing on the orgasm instead of I realize that lovemaking is damn near a 24-hour process where pleasure is the one thing that is sort of like complementary to the eventual um, fulfilling act of either a self-pleasure practice or sex altogether with a partner. There is real, real precision in how to do this. And I really think that if we could have gone back, like, you know, talk middle school and taught. Something along the lines of healthy self-pleasure practice, ultimately a healthy sexual practice with a partner, man, I I wonder um, where we would all be. That's kind of a long rant. But. I loved
1: it. I loved that analogy of the run. Um, we, I think, I, I've definitely experienced almost that exact situation where you have this goal in mind, and then you see something or you experience something, and it gives you that extra little boost. I, I love, I love that analogy. And, and, and dopamine is, it kind of gets damned a right. little bit. It's like the thing that we all love and we all seek when mm-hmm. we scroll on our phones. But there is a purpose to it. There's a reason why we were created with. The, the ability to feel dopamine. Um, so I love that. I love that analogy. Um, I love your brain. Thanks. Um, but I totally, totally agree. If, if we can go back and rewire some of those and kind of, and, and kind of rake over those very groomed pathways, um, that we, that we receive when we're, you know, middle school age, high school age, and kind of create new pathways, um, with our partner, how beautiful is that? It's like a, it's like a, a second chance mm-hmm. to a really fulfilling, healthy sex life. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And so again, this, this stuff's not going away. We could do a uh, various series on this, on this type of work and, mm-hmm. and specifically like we're already hearing from you guys, you know, mm-hmm. comments and feedback. So jump into some of the comments cause they're really compelling.
1: Yeah. Well, I had one, um, woman dm me and um it was a response to my story and in in this episode and she said oh my gosh this is me too um in my house my mom wouldn't even say the word sex she would spell it out and whisper it like s-e-x like like she was spelling a curse word yeah and that definitely happened in my in my house too and um what it does is it tells the child, it, it, it communicates to the child that this is not something we talk about mm-hmm. out loud. Um, this is not uh, something we talk about at the dinner table. This is not appropriate talk. So then this this child or this person like is like, oh, okay. Because your parents shape your world for yep. you for the most part when you're growing up. And so this is like, oh, okay, so I I can't talk about this. And I can't talk about my period either. Okay, I guess I just have to figure all of this stuff out on my own. And little girls compared to boys, I think in general, little girls don't talk about their feelings and desires and, hey, why does it like... Do you ever like lay on your thumb and it like kind of tickles your vagina? Like, is that, you know, people don't talk about that, but little boys might, might be more inclined to like gather in a group and talk about it and maybe, uh, you know, like get some answers and things like that. But little girls, we're
0: animals. We'll be like, oh my God, I, I, you know, accidentally bumped my boner against the refrigerator and, uh, (laughs) holy shit. You know, it's, it's, guys are, guys are And and this is, again, like this is another topic around kind of that overbearing, toxic, masculine environment that we've all been a part of for God knows how long.
1: Okay. For all you mushroom lovers, as promised, I'm going to share five ways you can tell if your mushroom products are legit mushrooms or if you've been paying for very expensive myceliated grains. First, if the product says US grown, it's likely myceliated grain. Second, check out the color. If every one of their products looks like the same shade of beige, it's probably myceliated grain. True mushroom powders should vary in color. Third, you can do a taste test. Mushrooms are very earthy and sometimes bitter. If it tastes at all sweet, it's likely myceliated grains. Fourth, look at the ingredient list. If it contains fancy sounding words like myceliated brown rice or oats, mycelial biomass, full spectrum, primordia or exocellular compounds, that's myceliated grains. And finally, you can tell it's legit mushrooms if it comes from the company Real Mushrooms. You can probably guess why they chose their name. Real mushrooms are the highest quality mushroom extracts I can find. They are 100% mushroom, certified organic, they have no added fillers or grains, and they are third party tested multiple times. You can add their mushroom extract powders to things like coffee, tea, smoothies, or oatmeal. Or they also have capsules if you're on the go. My favorite real mushroom product right now is the lion's mane, and my man's favorite is the cordyceps. For a hefty discount on real mushroom powders and capsules, go to realmushrooms.com/mimi. Real mushrooms and myself are committed to bringing you only the best. We got you, boo. Okay, back to the episode.
0: But even that story uh, from from the gracious listener who dropped that in the in the uh, dm to you or feedback to you what does that do initially from a young age a feminine as we know to be in balance really needs that freedom and that vulner vulnerability and safety and that is everything from their creativity in life all the way to the bedroom and the sexual experience by default the feminine is getting penetrated in the act of sexual connection and if you are tight if you are uh sort of like restricted in the idea even of sex from a young age that is going to create some pretty big hurdles for you to over the next 10 to 20 years try to break down prior to having sexual intercourse Mm -hmm. or even a sexual non-physical dynamic in your relationship
1: yeah yes totally agree um it's i think more damaging than parents realize i think parents they're doing their best and they think that they're creating polite little humans in the world that know when to talk about penises and vagina and sex and when not to and It's funny because you hear a little kid say penis and you kind of chuckle like, "Oh my gosh, that's so funny because it's not normal." Right. You you use other names for it or, you know, vagina like it, it, it's not a normal, it's almost like a it's almost like a bad word. Like, no, we don't say that. Right. You know, and so anyways, I want to read another um another couple comments from people just showing like this is rampant across all kind of walks of life, every upbringing, socioeconomic, everything, religion, it touches us all. And, um, this was one, um, a comment that someone made. She said, can't wait to listen. Bitterness is so real and fast here and not being taught what should be happening in a healthy relationship and marriage is definitely having the short end of the stick. I know myself too. I'll be teaching my daughter not being so secretive. That's for sure. There's gotta be a way without being like, ew mom. But I think that, I think that that's really important. Um, her point is that when you don't have these, um, these practices of communication and freedom and safety within your relationship and marriage to talk about sex, then like I already mentioned, bitterness, especially for the woman for the feminine builds up. It builds up. You're not getting satisfied. You're not, you don't feel heard or taken care of sexually, but you also, it's also on you because you're not necessarily maybe communicating it in the best way, um, for your partner to hear or receive and really take it to heart. Um, so it's a two-way street. It's not just one or the other partner, but that bitterness builds up and it's so detrimental to long term relationships. And I love what she said here. Like she's already thinking about she I know she has a a baby, a baby girl. Mm. She's already thinking about how do I how do I bring this into my daughter's life in yeah. a way where we have this open communication without her daughter being like, "Ew, mom. Cause yeah. that was kind of my reaction to my mom. Cause we didn't have that relationship. We didn't talk about sex. We totally. were like buddies, but we didn't talk about sex. So I think it's really important. And this is something that you and I talk about. If we ever, you know, choose to have kids, like this is going to be really intentional on our part yeah. that they're not only going to see, um, not see sex but like <laughs> they're gonna see, see it everybody <laughs> no they're not <laughs> but it's not gonna be a taboo subject yeah. they're gonna see how we how we interact with each other and that it can be a healthy thing and, and affection and love mm-hmm. and touch can be shown from a man to a woman in front of kids without it being like you know pornographic or weird or taboo
0: I'm really curious because guaranteed there's someone who did who, who was different than us in our upbringing who probably did have that type of yeah Uh, relationship with their parents and that kind of dialogue from a young age, I'd be curious to hear from them. I really would.
1: Probably the kids that um, got brought to Burning Man last year.
0: (laughs) Seriously. Um, But, but I'm also not that I'm an expert. uh, I'm curious to see how this plays out in like our friend who, who uh, left the comment or the feedback and also some of the people that we know in our lives who have kids who are kind of implementing these practices Mm -hmm. already. Really curious to see how it shakes out. I'm not an expert and I'm not a parent, so I don't have any guarantees on how it how it will flush out, but I think that it's really compelling. Some of these differences in how to speak around sex to your kids. Um, listen, I'm sorry, but no matter what you do as a parent, it's going to be awkward with your kids. At they don't—they don't, don't want to picture you naked, <laughs> yeah. like to begin with. Much right. less like with your mom, and, and yeah. like you're never going to avoid that. But planting the seed of. This is a beautiful thing. This is healthy. It's a gift. This is a gift. Um, that will eventually, when your kind of little child ego body that thinks anything your parents do is weird and gross, dissolves, you'll show up at you know 25, maybe 30, and reflect back on that little seed that was planted from your parents and go, man, I'm so grateful for that. Right. Um, I, I really do believe that even if I'm not kind of a parent.
1: All right, so I want to hear what your takeaways were from episode 33 with um, sex coach Lex Martinez.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of takeaways, a lot of validating content that, uh, you know, was encouraging for kind of our sexual practice and uh, relationship. But one of them was the combo of scheduling and um spontaneous sex mm-hmm. we and I think we've talked about it before on this podcast, we schedule sex because we're super busy. we're growing a business um, you know I work f- uh, for Organifi like 199 percent of my life and <laughs> sometimes you got to schedule that in. so I feel good about that being kind of this it's not like it's uh, this unheard of unsuccessful practice that people do. so I I definitely got some validation in that. Um, similarly we have spontaneous sex too which is which is great and awesome but the one takeaway I had out of that was kind of make your location spontaneous Mm -hmm. at times too so switch it up Uh, you don't have to have sex in the same bed every single time Um, you can or or like sex doesn't have to Uh, I kind of went further in my own kind of extrapolation and thoughts around this was like, hey, it can be in like three locations uh, during one spot, during one session. So that was one that was like, yo, we can we can switch up the set and setting, switch up the landscape. You know, sex is a psychedelic experience, people. And uh, it's all about your set and your setting. And you can use uh, cool different spots to kind of contribute to the overall experience. And as we know, um, diversity is what supports uh, things of routine, oddly enough, and that spontaneous element, whether that's timing, location, etc., uh, can be a great complement to those sort of scheduled, routine, ritualistic, uh, very positive practices. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I what about
0: that. what about you? What were some of the some of the key takeaways?
1: Some of the takeaways there were. A lot. And like, like yourself, like I I felt good when I left the interview, like, okay, we're, we're already doing a lot of good things from, you know, recommended from a a sex coach herself that we kind of just like fell into Mm -hmm. and, and, and really felt like this feels good. This feels organic. Let's do this. Um, for me, I would say, uh, this one has to do with communication. Um, Which is so important when it comes to sex, not only the the act and the intention, but also, you know, outside of the bedroom, how are you communicating to your partner about it? And I think we do a really good job of this, but I wanted to highlight it. And it it was just a good reminder um, for me, you know, when you are. I'm just going to give very like specific examples. Um, When say the woman, this isn't my experience y'all, but this is a common experience. Say the woman is like dissatisfied somehow. And she wants to like, let her partner, let her man know, you know, I, I wish this would happen more, or I wish this wouldn't happen because I don't like it when he does Mm -hmm. this. And he did it this one time and it felt good, but then I just don't like it now. And so there's some level of dissatisfaction um, how do we communicate that without hurting our partner, without making him feel like defeated, like he's failed, like he's not good enough, like he doesn't know enough. Um, and one thing that Lex mentioned and, and pointed to was great was that you you um, as the individual own your experience. So when I'm communicating something to my partner, I keep it inside my own experience. And I'll give you an example. If I don't like when you kiss my neck, I do, by the way. But if I don't, if I don't like when you kiss my neck, then I can let you know by coming back to what it's doing in my body. I Hey, I, you know, if this comes up or kind of organically, like, oh, I loved when you did this, but I was noticing like when you were kind of like coming down my neck, like what happens I just in my body, I feel like I kind of like retract a little bit and I don't know why, but... Um, I noticed when you were like on my ear or when you would, you know, kiss my chest or whatever, that was amazing. But yeah, I just, I, I was feeling like kind of some angst and, and distraction a little bit. And so you kind of cushion it with what you do love. Yeah. And also just keeping it always in your body. What's my experience in this? And there might still be some level of like, Oh shoot. Well, I thought you liked that kind of attitude. And that's, that's maybe unavoidable to some degree, but you can, you can definitely mute that feeling for your partner by just keeping it in your body and cushioning it with things that you do love. So that being said, Um, You do, you do want to give some pointers for the things that you do love. So think about Mm -hmm. it ahead of time. What do I love that this, that this person does that, that he does and, and begin and end with that. And then in the middle is a little bit of constructive feedback.
0: Yeah, that's a great takeaway. Uh, She uses that, I think, very specific example too of the, of the neck, which I think is probably common for many, whether it's the neck or something else. Um, you know it helps those types of conversations, and we've talked about it in other podcasts. But it's conversations similar that don't you know necessarily have to do with intercourse. Mm-hmm. It can be about how you behave in the relationship. It can be about responsibilities in the house or the workplace. Or hey, here's what I'm feeling. Having check-ins with the part your partner about, um, and, and phrasing it with verbiage and language that is not, uh, you know, neutering or yeah. or um
1: like damning damning
0: or kind of just like breaking down that person from a personal standpoint and who they are and rather talk about how it plays out in your body and practicing mm-hmm. empathy in the relationship so that whether the topic is sex whether it's cleaning the house or your kids if you have kids it is in a done in a way that is uh, nurturing the garden of your relationship Um, and, and like, similarly for guys, there's this, it's a really hard thing to communicate, but it's this sort of like Hollywood myth oftentimes that, you know, this vixen, this just over sexualized, uh, feminine is like this ideal dream. And that's actually, and I've talked to a lot of guys about this, um, when you're in a when you're in a full masculine state, you don't particularly want to be penetrated, that you're innately ready to penetrate. So to, be, to have aggression from a sexual energy that is coming at you from the feminine is penetrating for someone who doesn't want to be penetrated there is a time and place where that is very sexy and, and awesome. But if you don't have that understanding across the relationship, that can actually weirdly be a turnoff. And
1: you got to, to communicate because there probably are some guys that do want that. Sure. That the, do love the that.
0: The 17 year old, 18 year old who's dreaming of like the MILF is think about it. It's, it's the 17 or 18 year old ch- like kid, or you know maybe they're in their twenties still which by default is in kind of that boyish feminine phase of their life where they're a little more wild, they're a little more free and they have this desire for a, uh, a milf, you know, it's this it's this, like this huge <laughs> topic among, among guys that they're super into. And it's because they're, they sit in more of a feminine energy and they crave this sort of, uh, masculine penetrating,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: woman. And so again, if you, if you look into the kind of the balance of the feminine and the masculine, that type of thing makes sense. And I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is be in tune with where the polarity is Mm -hmm. in the relationship and you're going to be able to set yourself up for a kind of a successful sexual dynamic.
1: That was a tongue twister (sighs) right there. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) Which is a perfect, um, I think, segue into my next takeaway from the episode um, was the want, will, won't list. And this is a tool that Lex uses with all of her clients. And it's basically a super comprehensive, lengthy list of say like an action, like kissing or touching or licking, whatever. And then it gives like body parts. And then there's a side for a giver and a receiver. So you go through this with your partner or, you know, on your own just to know what you like um, if you're a single person. And it, it basically opens the doorway. It opens the communication to things that you do really like you are willing to do if, the, if your partner likes them and the things that you're like not really willing to do like this this doesn't turn me on in fact it turns me off that would be the I want it I will do it I won't do it and it's a really easy kind of middleman tool to start this what can be like kind of awkward conversation and um, I, I, I just invite all of you we haven't gone through it line by line yet um but we've looked and read through it um we still need to go through and actually check off but this is is going to be a great tool for anyone that wants to start the dialogue with their partner in a fun kind of playful way
0: yeah it's uh got a ton of questions have fun with it mm-hmm. take it seriously and not seriously at the same time. Right. Um, you know, I would highly suggest bringing it up at at your next Thanksgiving family get together. (laughs) He's Uh, joking, or if you guys, you know, have a family game you guys usually play, um, maybe it's apples to apples, bust this motherfucker out and see what happens. No, no, just kidding. Um, no, switch on the light inside of the sex closet, if you will, and take this list in there and have. There are no rules and there are no taboos and there are no off limits. Let's just read these, talk about these again with all seriousness and with all jokes. And uh, let's see how these feel in our bodies, but don't make anything taboo at the same time. Don't take anything too seriously.
1: Right. And you're going to have some laughs because there's some weird stuff in there, but guess what? Some people are into weird stuff, and yeah. that's okay. Sure, but it's it's just kind of like eye opening. Like when I went, when we read through it, I was like, "There's stuff on here that I didn't even know existed. I right. didn't even know that this could turn someone on."
0: Space docking.
1: <laughs> no, fart, I mean there fart sixty nine. was there was actually like farts on there, like right. people. Apparently, you know, some someone out there gets off on smelling their partner's farts, which is, hey, you do you, Boo.
0: Yeah. I mean maybe they fart like <laughs> rose petal essential yeah. oil.
1: Uh, maybe they're just consuming. So much essential oil and so much Organifi Gold that it comes out in, like, a beautiful, like, smelly golden cloud. Why don't
0: we use that in our marketing? Organifi Gold's (laughs) golden farts.
1: But um, I did have one of my best friends. She texted me, and she took a screenshot of the smelling farts part. And she was like, okay, I realize we're being, like, super immature teenagers about this, but this is hilarious. And I was like, girl, yes, it's, it's hilarious and amazing. Well,
0: what's funny is they followed up later and said they actually implemented the fart <laughs> practice into their sexual dynamic and it's paid off, you know, dividends <laughs> <Yeah>. for them.
1: <laughs> Shout out crystal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was it. The latter was a joke. Uh, no, for real guys. Like take a look. It's, it's uh it's pretty, pretty awesome. And, and give Lex, uh, some love as well because she's, uh, she's the boss babe to use just a super overused <laughs> term in this world. Uh, she's the boss babe I who came that up with you it. Just
1: said that. <laughs> uh, no, but she's, she is so great. And, um, one thing that she mentioned in the episode that I actually really appreciate about her is, you know, in this space of sexuality and sex coaches and, and she calls it sexuality professionals, there can be this kind of like airy woo woo hippie, like head in the clouds kind of, um, kind of attitude. Um, Coming from the sex coach, you know, in question. And I, what I really appreciate about Lex is um, while that's beautiful and it can be kind of like a part of her teaching and coaching, she says, I have my feet firmly planted on the ground and I'm here to give you tangible, real life tools that you can take away and feel like you're talking to like a real person, which is, is nice (laughs) for most of us. Um, so I do really appreciate that. Um, if you guys aren't following her on Instagram, she is at that sex chick. And I will also link her in the show notes along with the link to the, uh, want, will, won't list in case you missed it. But it is is also available in the show notes of episode thirty three. It's it's such a great tool. There's no reason not to do it.
0: Mm, yeah. Love that.
1: All right, my love, my king, my sexy, sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your medicine? What's the medicine for you today?
0: The medicine for me today is. Uh, a few things, but it's a combination of activity, supplementation, and lack of activity. Mm. So, I was listening to a podcast of late about neuroplasticity, which is uh, the ability for your brain to essentially be a little more flexible um, in in some of those kind of hardwired, groomed runs that kind of we were discussing earlier uh, kind of recorrecting default thought patterns and uh, so that they can result in changes in behavioral patterns and what they talked about were periods of hyper focus Mm. followed by periods of no focus on whatever the um, area you would like to uh, change would be and so i'm going to do a couple things i'm going to practice this i'm swimming today and what's what comes with swimming often is uh, a lot of thought and time under the water I'm gonna supplement that with none other than real mushrooms, lion's mane, mm. um, because of those neurological benefiting factors that come with the consumption of lion's mane. And I'm gonna hyper focus on something that I have been uh, really meditating on, and that is being a little more optimistic, uh, specifically in my in my uh, the outlook of my job. Mm. And I'm I'm often dealing in money and finances and and uh i would like to be a little more optimistic and less pessimistic you know i'm dealing with budgets and departments and um i'd like to flip the narrative a little bit towards opportunity and less on like busting you know people's balls for spending too much money etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> so i'm gonna hyper focus on that during my swim uh by the use of lion's mane and then later I'm not going to think about it at all. Mm. I'm going to have these periods of, it's kind of like the push pull. Um, the idea of almost like a hit training mm-hmm. where you rev up your engine and then you kind of let it coast and you give yeah. it a break and you let it take a breather. And so I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to give this a try. And, and the next few times I'm doing uh, swimming activities, I'm going to take this practice, but that is my medicine today.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. As, a, as above, so below, as above, so that, below. Po- that polarity happens Everywhere in our world, this balance, yin and yang, and everything, masculine and feminine, um, that balance is everywhere. And one, recognizing it and also being able to harness it for what you want to create in your life, that is next level, my love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you.
0: What? My queen, my love, my counterpart in the mushroom kingdom that we call our world, the medicine (laughs) kingdom where the people who are lifting the collective vibe of our controllable universe with us are those that we serve. (laughs) Is that wild? Is that crazy? I love that. Uh, What's the medicine for you today?
1: The medicine for me today was our sex magic. Hey-yo. And y'all need to listen again. Not again, but again, I'm saying you need to listen to episode 33 um, Lex talks about this term called sex magic and it's this, you know, concept, just generic, um, where you have great sex with your partner and then you both use that creative energy to create something amazing in your life. And, um, that for me was, a uh, Creating this podcast, and then I'm going to edit it. I'm going to write the show notes. I'm going to create some magic on my website. So, using that energy all day, choosing it to harness it, and kind of recreating this pathway in my brain that's there from my childhood that, um, you know, sex is a gift, sex is powerful, it is healing. It is a blessing. It's not dirty, and um, I'm using that energy for good. And actually, <laughs> in the in the large, you know, kind of grand picture, eventually to help others. Right? What I'm creating in the world is, I hope, helping others. And so it's kind of weird to think about it that way, but using this sex magic between you and I to create and ultimately fulfill what I believe I'm here to do on this earth.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: So to you all, all you gentle listeners, um, I hope you got a lot of value out of just kind of listening to our reflections and maybe some resonance with like, Oh my gosh, that's how I grew up too. Or my mom did that. Um, just know that you're not alone and you're not weird for it. And we all have our like stories, um, of how we grew up, but you're also in the driver's seat. You, you, we all need to take ownership. You know, once you know better, you can do better. And that's not always easy or simple, but what that involves is just recognizing where you're at today, either in your own journey, if you're single or with your partner, if you're in a, in a relationship, recognize where you're at and what the next little step would be. If you haven't had this conversation at all with your partner, you guys never talk about sex or what you like or don't like, Recognize that. Maybe just bring up the fact that, hey, oh my gosh, I listened to this really cool, cool episode. Do you mind if I send it to you? Or, uh, you know, just talking about some of the reflections from this episode in a really like organic, kind of um, uh, just uh, easy way. Maybe that's the next step. Maybe the next step is actually downloading the want, will, won't list, you know, and going through that Mm -hmm. with your partner. Recognize where you're at and just take the next little baby step into. What could be an awesome, psychedelic, amazing, beautiful sexual relationship? Boom. Boom. All right, you guys, thanks for joining us under the red hat. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Bye. Bye.